0: Jason, today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! There are just a few days left. Last chance coming. Your opportunity to thank the frontline workers during this crisis. You can do that by nominating one for a chance to win $200 in hy gift cards, $1,000 worth of window coverings, and $50 to Ember's Candle Bar. And that's all courtesy of the partnership with Budget Blinds of Lee Summit, Link to Lee Summit and Ember's Candle Bar. Jason, how do they nominate?
1: Well, all you got to do is go over to the Budget Blinds Facebook page, comment on the post that talks about it with your nomination. And then you should also share the post so that people can give their nominations. They're going to be taken in till 10 o'clock on Friday, May 1st. And they've got to live within, this is the, this is our major catch here Have to live within the budget blinds of Lee Summit and Overland Park territory, which is I think a pretty big chunk of the Metro. So we're probably fine. And for our listeners, they're in Lee Summit. So they're going to, they're going to be, they'll be there. So do that, go to the Facebook page, comment on the post, Give your nomination, and hopefully they're going to win some cool stuff thanks to our good friends, the Good Eggs
0: at Budget Blinds. Hey, and don't forget to give them a call. The showroom may be closed, but they are still doing virtual consultations.
1: Virtual robot shade overlords.
0: That's right. So give them a call. Go see them on their Facebook page. Tell them Jason Nixon. Yeah. Today's episode is also brought to the people by this special message keep shopping local folks do take out do curbside pickup buy some gift cards support your friends and neighbors who work for own manage whatever all of the great local businesses in our community
1: Absolutely, you gotta take care of our neighbors because they're going to take care of us And Welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who remembers that he loves cooking, but he loves being lazy more. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Lee's
0: That's Lee a Summit. big debate for me right now. It's like, uh, I'm, you know, I think like everybody, I'm getting the cabin fever. I'm getting a little stir crazy. Cooking usually brings me peace. It's kind of my, my way of settling down. I love it. But yeah. I just really kind of want to go somewhere and be lazy.
1: I know. I like every now and again, I want to cook by like going to a place and buying food and eating it. Right. That's what I want to do.
0: Right. I mean, I have about seven restaurants, seven local restaurants. I want to go sit in and let them serve me food.
1: Honestly, at this point, look, I have about seven local restaurants that I want to go and just bring food home from. I'm also fine with that as a thing, but you know,
0: well, I'm fine with it, but I really just want to let budgets, them serve
1: budgets me. but mostly cooking a lot.
0: <laughs> there we cooking go.
1: A lot. The people keep in my house. This is weird. They want to eat on a semi-regular basis.
0: <laughs> teenagers.
1: They are. They are amazing. They are amazing. Our unofficial sponsor today is the meltdown because it really wouldn't be a day during our stay at home period without one. Speaking of teenagers yeah speaking of teenagers <laughs> we had we had about we had about one and a quarter meltdowns today it was it's it was man, this is not the smoothest to, this was not the smoothest of days in the over household i'll put it that way
0: those are tough but you know here, here's the thing you say to every little thing we all deal with right we're gonna get through it
1: we're gonna get through it yep at the end of it we're through the thing and and we moved on but man that just that stuff wears you out it's it like, does
0: I, and it does. There's a whole lot of weirdness going on. We're going to jump into our to some, some news and notes from around around the city. And the first one addresses some other weirdness. It's it's that those senior class from this it's year.
1: Grad, it's graduation time. You probably have seen those 2020 senior signs start to pop up. There's a couple right across the street from me. Um, one of our neighbor, or two of our neighbors, have uh, have graduating seniors this year, and and I just can't imagine how weird this must be for them.
0: That's right. I mean, it's just, it's just weird. All of those things that we think are you know, normal rites of passage as you graduate high school. They're not happening right now. But the school district has sent out an announcement last week. There will be graduations for all three of their local high schools. They will take place at 10 a.m july 25th at each of the three schools respective stadiums you can see the the full text uh, of the announcement that was sent out by the district if you go to link to the summit.com there is a tentative makeup date in case of inclement weather but july 25th 10 a.m at each of the school stadiums there will be a graduation
1: so i got a question here Wh- which one is the new superintendent gonna go to
0: <laughs> is he gonna play
1: favorites early which, which high school, like, I, here's, the, here's the conspiracy theory I'm going to plan. He's going to record a message for the seniors, and he's going to deliver the recorded message at two of the three high schools, but the other one he's going to speak live at, and that's the high school he likes the most what's likely going to happen
0: because <laughs> you stirred up one. trouble before it's the guy be all, th- even it's gets here <laughs> all
1: three it's gonna he's gonna have the same recording at all three but every one of them is gonna think he's at one of the other high schools and they're gonna say that's the one you're in favor of you don't like ours you'd like that one instead
0: i'm just gonna put it out. dr Bach when you get don't, into town don't jason norberry he's the mean one i started trouble
1: before <laughs> he you started, started here.
0: trouble before <laughs> you even before i mean to be fair we here. started trouble well, before the last one left, so man, we're doing fine. <laughs> Maybe there will be a, uh, a a a sports car that will get him around between each of the stadiums really fast. Uh, so like he can do I'm, the invocation at one, you know, the graduation keynote at another one, and then the
1: uh, <laughs> then like the the benediction at the, the last benediction at the third one. Yeah, no, it's whichever. I'm telling you, he's gonna be he he's gonna give a recorded message at yours, seniors but he's gonna be live at one of the other ones and he likes that
0: school more. Mark my words. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> hey, how about, let's do nice now. There was a, There's a really good, there's a really cool story on Lake to Lee Summit this week. It comes from our guest columnist, John Bedoin. There's a cool story about a school nurse in the R7 school district who is currently working in New York City. On a on a 21 day stint in a New York City hospital during this crisis, it, it, I think it's I think it's a really cool story to see somebody who just just felt a calling to 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 go and and to serve at a hospital that needed some extra help during all of this.
1: Yeah, you know the the people who have these skills the firefighters, the the nurses, the medical professionals, all these folks who can go to these places. Even like our electrical workers, you know, like when a hurricane hits and knocks the power out, you see all the electrical guy, electrical company guys will send a company. Uh, people down and all that kind of thing. Like I would love to do something like that, but I don't know that: they don't need attorneys. Semi-effective middle management is exactly this.: <laughs>
0: <thing>. <laughs> Or loud mouths with microphones.
1: Loud mouths with microphones. Yeah, I, and I know New York has a shortage of those. So uh, we should, we should definitely be on our way to help them. Yeah, we should yell on the radio to help them through their COVID crisis as a whole. No, kudos to kudos to her that that's pretty, pretty cool. Very brave, uh, and very dedicated. And that's just awesome that you,
0: you know, people can go and, and pitch in at a time like that. Another cool story, uh, just coming out of this—this this, all of the all of the, the COVID crisis news—is is a local company, Bennett Packaging. They delivered 500 face shields to the Lee Summit Fire Department headquarters last week. The shields are distributed among all the fire stations as well as the police department. It's pretty cool because I think we've all seen the news reports of, of shortages of of these shields and other protective equipment. So it's good to see a local company kind of stepping up. And producing all of these shields and then delivering them right to the people who need
1: them. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's the you know that is, look, this pandemic is just awful, and it's been hard on everybody. And we're going to talk way more about it here coming up on the back half of the show. But these are those little these these are you know these heartwarming stories. Heck, even if they made a decent profit on them and sell them, I don't that's fine. But I know mean, they didn't. But I mean, even in that respect, they they have they've taken time, they've they understood what's needed in our community, yeah. and they have retooled their efforts to to get those put together and and get those out to to the guys who are using them. So awesome. Good on you, Bennett Packaging.
0: There we go. Hey. I don't get. We, we we haven't had a chance to to give much news from from one of our other schools, Summit Christian Academy. I've got a couple couple news bits out of oh, okay. there I want to pass along. Uh, Summit Christian Academy senior Danielle Dean was selected as the for the Summit Art Scholarship Project. They do scholarships f- for seniors from each of the high schools, and the recipient from Summit Christian Academy was Danielle Dean. Congratulations!
1: I'm sure her art is way better than anything that I have ever produced.
0: That's a low bar, but it is a yes.
1: It is it is so low as to be almost subterranean. That's how low <laughs> that bar is. But good on Danielle, and I'm sure she is a worthy recipient.
0: Also coming from Summit Christian Academy, they announced last week that they are still planning to host their summer camps. It's they are the Camp Eagle Summit and Camp Eagle Summit Junior. These are camps for preschool through for those through entering uh, sixth grade and they are planning to still host those this summer. You can check out linktoliesummit.com for details or head on over to the Summit Christian Academy website for that. Jason, those are just a few quick uh, notes and, and tidbits from around the community. We're going to take a short break now from one of our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and we'll talk a little bit about our little community and the current COVID crisis, and we're going to talk, uh, talk about some confusion there, and our efforts to try and find a few answers. We'll be back right after this. Hi,
1: I'm Jane Monroe, owner of Embrace the Grape and District 4 resident. Donnie Funk has my
0: vote for city council and here's why. Donnie's time serving on the Planning Commission, his experience in the construction industry, and his work as a small business owner has given him the insight
1: we need on City Council. This means that Donnie knows the questions to ask to get accountability for our tax dollars. Donnie Funk is a strong advocate for public safety and will work to ensure police and firefighters, along with all city employees, are well cared for. Join me in voting Funk for Four
0: Jason, as we come back into the show, I wanted to spend this, this last segment of the show and talk a little bit basically about confusion. I want to talk about leadership. I want to talk about communication. There's a lot going on, and I think everyone can agree the absolute hardest part of dealing with the crisis is the unknown, is that there, there is just so much that we don't know. And so we latch on to whatever communication, whatever information we can find because it's the only thing solid that we can get our hands on. The problem is what happened this week? This week, Governor Mike Parson. Just this week? Well, I'm going to (laughs) focus on just this week. (laughs) This week, Governor Mike Parson made an announcement that he was ready for the state to start reopening. And that is going to start on Monday, May 4th. Yeah. The problem here is, Jason, is that while he is giving this statewide, and he made a big point to say guidelines, not mandates. That was, that was a big part of, of his announcement. Is it doesn't fit with guidelines in some parts of the state, specifically the Kansas City metro area and Jackson County. So I want to start first before we get into this because because I want to address confusion because I think we all want information. We all want to know what's right. What can we do? What should we do? But let's start here Jason. What is the governor's plan?
1: Okay, so the, the short, short version because yeah the, please
0: please don't give your attorney answer to this keep
1: this in mind, okay, so I, and yeah, here we are it, This is his show me strong recovery plan, phase one, and it's an eight page document now, this is just the guidelines and question, frequently asked questions and right? it should it's be not noted like that a lot of details
0: words. are forthcoming, and they right. have they have said that some of those are still being written and will come, so okay, but this is what we know so far
1: so the governor says it's time to do this thing. Now, he sets forth uh, a series of standards that we're supposed to meet or apparently eventually meet uh, to do that. And I think the three big ones are uh, rapidly expanding testing capacity, uh, expanding the reserves of PPE, uh, personal protective equipment, and improving the ability to detect and trace outbreaks and follow that process, sort of the, the tracing thing that you may have seen in the news. The problem is, is that uh, I think by the governor's own admission in the letter that he wrote here, this, this guidelines, and by every professional that has said anything, those things are not yet in place. Um, and so I think he, the, the motion says is we're starting this process, but we want to be able to do these things, and we don't have that in place. And so On top of that, then the governor has said, this is the statewide rule. If your local or county jurisdiction wants to do a different, more restrictive rule, they can. And this has uh, created, I think, here locally, where we are under a longer-term stay-at-home order that was put in place till May 15th, um, before all of this came forth. And and Jackson County made clear um, that they their order was still in effect until the fifteenth for Jackson County. We don't know when that's when we have that capacity. Nobody has told us when that capacity will come online. Additionally, Kansas City, Missouri, Jackson County are part of a nine county wide regional task force that all agreed that the May fifteenth date and this was a week and a half ago, um, that all the the May 15th date was the proper date given the trends here in the metropolitan area. But within the last three or four days, two counties, Cass and Clay, have come forth and said that they plan on cutting short to the May 4th deadline that the governor is putting forth. So even within these agreed upon things, these, uh, albeit informal, non-law-based things, we're having all these shifting deadlines, and it's very easy, I would say, for people to be confused by, one, what the deadline is, and two, are we ready for it?
0: Well, and, 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 and three, what does it mean? Who do I listen to, right? So that gets to my, 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 my big question, and the thing I kind of want to get to is who's in charge? Who can give me the information I need? Because all of those things you just said led to a lot of confusion to me. It sets up a string of questions.
1: Well, and you, you know, even our, our good friend and guest columnist uh, John Bedoin put out a post on his Facebook page asking about, you know, what's, what does that mean in general? And he put forth and I, and I appreciate John for this and I'm going to give him a little bit of a ribbing here. If anyone in politics in the, in the comments, but the politics were baked into the decisions. And, and that's part of the problem that we're coming into is I think we have these competing motives that we're trying to deal with. And, and you know, people are gonna have a different in fact. You know, we were involved in a text argument. Did, we, was that, did that rise all the way to argument? I don't know if we
0: could say argument. Yeah.
1: It was a con- a- conversation <laughs> with some disagreement in it then, this evening about when the right things are and what the, what the, wh- how do we weigh all of these things? and and so there's like internal confusion and then there's intergovernmental confusion which is you know the best kind right uh, <laughs> as we as we deal with that so
0: but we live in lee summit so what does it mean for us well and there lies an even some more confusion because jason there's a piece of lee summit that's cass county and right. cass county is one of the two that has decided to go with the may 4th deadline and not the May 15th deadline. And this leads to a lot of questions. You know, who, who's in charge? Who's going to make the decision? What rules can I follow? If I choose to follow one, but you do the other, am I going to be in trouble? Are there, well, will one rule be enforced over another? Who does the enforcing? What does that, what does that look like? And these are questions, Jason, that I have posed to the city of Lee Summit, that I have posed to... Mayor Bill Baird that I opposed to city administrator, Steve Arbo. And it, it should be noted that, that Steve Arbo, the, our city manager chairs the regional response team. So he's doing,
1: I mean, he's literally, so you would think
0: big jobs at one time right now, right? Good on you, Steve. Wow. I don't want that responsibility. However, you would think that maybe that meant that we had the inside track and we were going to get a lot of clear information.
1: And hold on, I'm going to pause this for a second before you get any further. I would know the most information we've gotten about what's going on in the regional, local state confluence of all of that stuff has been an article in the New York Times that came out this week. I mean, just pause and think about that for a minute, that the most information we've gotten so far is from the New York Times.
0: So just, you know, there we are. There we are. Well, and so I'm, gonna, I, I, I'm leading up here, I have a bit of a bone to pick. I have, I have, for the last several weeks, sent regular requests for information and or interviews with either our mayor or our city administrator to get some of this stuff answered, or even just to have some communication. Because I think when there is so much confusion about everything, it's nice to hear from our leaders, even if they have to answer a question with a... I don't know, or I can't answer that right now. There is still some security and some confidence that comes with somebody stepping forward and having a conversation and and facing a question. We have had almost zero response. This week, we were given someone new to go to in the city to try and get a response. And the response I got was to, look at a podcast that the city did for those of you that don't know the city does have a podcast called green street beat and to try to pull sound bites from that. My problem was that doesn't allow me to ask more questions. It also doesn't address the fact that things just changed, right? It's that was Friday. That was Friday. And on Monday, everything shifted because the governor gave competing rules. Well, no, to be fair, new competing new <laughs> That's true. And so I am a little frustrated with the fact that nobody here in our city has stepped up to offer some kind of vocal leadership and explanation. And I'm going to give an example. And I oppose this to the city. I live down the street from a business. I was on the phone with, with the city. And I said, Hey, I'm looking at a business right now. If that business owner decides to open for business on Monday, May 4th, because of what the governor said, will the city be enforcing rules that the County set in place? And if so, how does that enforcement look? And the answer I got after a lot of hoops to jump through. I mean, was, Let's
1: be clear. Multiple emails multiple call and then another email that finally registered a response after 7.00 PM this evening and Tuesday evening.
0: And that answer was, we're not in charge. The County is that's it. That's the leadership communication.
1: Now I'm going to be, I'm. I'm going to call this fair, but I'm. I'm not. I'm, I'm certainly not taking the city's side on this. The city doesn't have rulemaking authority in this particular instance, and we've discussed this in past weeks. That because the city of Lee Summit is not the size of city that has its own health department, we are under the jurisdiction of Jackson County's Department of Health and the rules that they set. This is true. Point.
0: However. And I can understand that.
1: Right. And and that is its own set of confusion. However, once those rules are in place, isn't it the responsibility of the city to heed to the public safety of the people of the city, given the rules that are in place? The city, the police department and others, enforce county orders on a daily basis. We'll pick some simple ones, restraining orders. Um, eviction judge, you know, notices there are things that are enforced by local law enforcement that come from the county. Now, some of that's the sheriff, but as a general whole, you know, if there's a domestic violence call and someone is uh, violating an order of protection, the LSPD is going to go ahead and enforce that,
0: despite the fact that it did not come from municipal court. And, and, this, is, and this is all true. And I, and, I, and, I, and I agree with you. I think my beef, though, is that in a time of crisis, people look for a leader. They look for somebody to communicate with them, to answer questions, to tell them what a plan is, to tell them what the rules are. And that has not happened. And I think this is a long-term systemic thing that is now exasperated by a crisis.
1: All right, so let's, let's go ahead and drag the, up the old memories. <laughs>
0: Who, who are the
1: people that should be talking?
0: I have, as I said, I have repeatedly asked for uh, communication from the mayor. And the mayor has not responded at all. Not even an email or a phone call, a voicemail message to say no.
1: Or no comment.
0: Or no comment. There has been zero response from the mayor. And it's fair to point out that the mayor has not wanted to respond to Link to Lee Summit or the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast for quite some time
1: and the last the mayor did appear in fall of 2018 uh in a very very informal setting when we were celebrating the opening of the bridge space and uh, we had a series of interviews of people we did get the mayor to come in um with a behest, couple of city council
0: members. At
1: the behest of a couple of city council members, with those city council members. And we conducted a, an extraordinarily informal and light interview. Um, we have had the city manager on uh, one time to talk about the strategic plan. Um, we have had, and but we have made many other requests for input from the mayor, um, including within the last several weeks. And when we didn't receive a response, we had a city council person. Come on uh, to talk about some of the issues that were there out there. Which, which, by the way, I think turned out to be a very informative podcast.
0: That's true, and so I I really think my my frustration just lies in the simple fact that we haven't seen a lot of communication, and that there's so much confusion out there. And and I want to note that after my many emails and phone calls on Tuesday, the city did put out a flowchart through their social media showing who was in charge and who made what rules and it had you know the city at the bottom of that flowchart they did release that but that's not enough part of the job of the leader is to is to put a message out on multiple channels through the media even and also to answer questions to clear confusion it's still confusing
1: yeah and i think you know look uh We'll take this for example tonight. On as we recorded, or probably they're done by now. But uh, as we record this evening, this is the time when the city council is having their meeting, and there is nothing on the agenda that is any kind of information, uh, meeting discussion, or any other point on the pandemic, on the COVID crisis, on what's going on in the city. We there was an update once again apparently on the city's podcast on friday where they gave some updated numbers on like the amount of pbe that the city has and and all those sorts of things but in the end we don't know what's the city's response or even for that matter what are the items that the city is still figuring out after in in the wake of the governor's uh reorder guidelines or reopening guidelines.
0: Well, or, or, or even just, just a simple statement. We're waiting for guidance from the County. We will provide it when we get it. I would love to have that statement.
1: Well, I mean, the email you got kind of did that? Kind of,
0: kind of, but again, you know, I, I say this often. I hold elected leaders to a very high standard. I think it's fair. Some may not. It's, it's almost a romantic standard in my, in my mind. I, I, I want them to meet big standards. And part of that is being part of being in the public eye is answering questions. Part of that is putting their voice out in the public and answering questions and leading discussion and sometimes even taking hard questions. And we haven't seen that, and it is frustrating to me. So,
1: given the, I guess we'll call it, did you do journalism today, Nick? Would you say you did journalism? I might,
0: I might, I might have practiced the old journalism today. You did a little journalism. So,
1: as a result of what we've done is the journalism that Nick has done, and I'm going to take credit for <laughs> Are you always taking credit for the things I do. That's that's the way this system works. I don't get. I forgot pay, that, so was, that was that was that was in our
0: partnership agreement.
1: Yeah, that was in our partnership agreement. I get no money, but I, I get credit. Um, so as a result of that, we understand that at this point, from the information that we have been provided, that the county is in charge of all of this stuff. Um, that the city is not actively going to pursue any violations of the local stay-at-home ordinance uh, and those sorts of things around. So if you have an opinion on that, whether you think the city should make an effort to open up more quickly, whether you think the city should stay with the stay-at-home order longer, whether they should enforce it, what have you, you know, call your city council member, call the mayor. This is one of those things. This is what you can do to make a difference. You need to ask for, from our elected officials and our city leadership, that kind of guidance, that clear guidance put forth in on a bigger megaphone than our podcast can even provide right the city could go on all of their channels with clear information to give us that sort of a thing and they haven't done it and you the listener the voter can call in and request that
0: that's that is that is the simple thing we should demand more
1: there you go all right that was our semi-rant like, this is, very, this is much, very much a quarantine rant. We're like, we're all mad, and like are <laughs> just tired. Look,
0: I, look I, I, I think my frustration is probably clear and, and evident, but I really think, and you and I talk about this a, a lot from the very beginning of this podcast, 330-ish episodes ago, we make a big deal about communication, about context, and about how we talk about issues. This is the biggest issue of our lifetimes.
1: Yeah, let me be clear here. I mean, because I have not gotten as exercised as I anticipated being. This is literally life and death stuff. This isn't whether a city council person got a contract or was unkind to another city council person at the dais or even violated Missouri election law by advocating for something from that. And we have gone full out for that stuff in the past. This is, these are decisions that are going to impact how many members of our community die in the coming months. So and if- it's important and, and we should be on top of, talking and the city should actually be more precise. The city should be in top of talking about these and managing these issues in a way that alleviate the stress and the fear of death and the unknown in our populace.
0: And even if you just take the economic side of that discussion, Jason, just the business side, if you are a business owner and you are now weighing the option of, can I open on Monday? Because man, I haven't seen a new client or customer in a month. I didn't get the money from the small business loan, right?
1: Don't get me started on that process.
0: <laughs> That's fine, but I mean, even if you just make this a, a conversation about the business owners, about the economy, knowing what to do, knowing whether or not you can open your doors on May 4th or May. 16th is a big deal. Yeah. And say I did, I listened to, and I take the governor's words about May 4th. What's going to happen if the County or the city say, no, is it, are they just going to make me close my doors? Are they going to find me? Do I have to go to court? What's what is going to happen? And as of right now, the, written response coming at 7:30, 7 pm on tuesday was the county will handle all non-compliance with the jackson county stay-at-home order the health department has provided multiple ways for the public to report entities not abiding by that order email online or phone the information is also available on the city's covid 19 information page that's not a clear answer
1: nor is it leadership
0: nor and that's the, that's the big thing, Jason. That was the statement I wanted to get to. And you stole my thunder. Nor is it leadership and we should demand leadership from the people we elect. I think I, I think that's it, Jason. Otherwise I'm just going to repeat myself. Let's stop. Me. Stop me now. So yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know how people are going to take that rant jason that that little dive in but but hopefully i people understand that what we look for and what we ask of of our elected officials should be more than what we're getting
1: i'm just saying this is probably the
0: anger stage of (laughs) we're going through tonight so (laughs) (laughs) it might be and like and i am thankful for the work that that they're doing i just need some information absolutely so that's gonna wrap it up jason we're gonna be done for tonight There we go. I hope that you will all tune back in on Friday. We'll be back and talk to you next time.